Paratruth Radio is a proud member of Evergreen Podcasts on KillerPodcast.com. Christian and non-Christian paranormal investigators. They have two different views, and it seems as if neither of them can ever agree on anything. So what happens when a mainstream view of the paranormal crosses paths with the Christian view? <laughs> Something What's up, everybody? Welcome back to a brand new episode of Parachute Radio. As always, my name is Eric. And I'm Justin. It's been a long summer. <laughs> and this is what this puts us at. I mean, I know we just announced last week that we've only got a few episodes left here. We kind of threw it on everybody that we were leaving. And now here we are. We're only two episodes away from Dylan basically yeah. being done uh and it's it's a little hard in a way to think about uh so you know over the years we've talked about a lot of different things a lot of different subjects and of course you want these last couple of episodes to be fun they want them to be like old school ptr mm-hmm. as well and so one thing that we haven't really touched too much base on but we've talked a little bit about is time travel and in particular interdimensional space travel uh now we've touched base on it here and there especially when we're talking about parallel universes things like that wormholes black holes etc etc but the idea of uh of interdimensional space travel is very science fiction based this is something that really has taken off over the last few years and especially with the movie interstellar having come out Mm -hmm. several years back uh one of my favorite movies of all time uh, and I thought it'd be really cool to kind of talk about this and talk about how exactly, uh, at least scientifically speaking, how one might hypo- hypothetically uh, time travel through interdimensional space, especially if we're using like a spaceship or something like that to do it. Uh, so I don't know how much research you did on this. It, I did quite a bit. And it's honestly, there's so many different opinions out there based on what exactly would be needed and what's possible, what's actually possible. Um, and so it's really been an interesting kind of study for me personally, looking at this stuff and thinking like, okay, is it possible truly for us to travel interdimensional, interdimensionally, or even just be able to travel through space, you know, at the, uh, at like speed light, like by speed. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I looked up a few things only because as I was looking through some of the stuff, all of it is theoretical. Like none of it is scientifically proven to be how we would do this or anything. Um, I mean, one of the things I did look up is black holes and wormholes and didn't even really realize it. But wormhole is a wormhole is a theoretical construct in and of itself. Like. Mm -hmm. Even though an article I found by National Geographic attributes a black hole to being a type of wormhole, the wormhole that you and I think of, which is 
from science fiction doesn't necessarily exist. Right. Yeah. And, you know, and there's like these multiple types of wormholes out there, as you had stated. And one that I came across is actually this thing. Uh, it's basically a hidden portals within the Earth's magnetic field. Uh, and it's there's a couple of names for it, but basically I'm just going to call it the portal. And in this case, it's just this thing that kind of like develops through uh, solar flares or solar storms that kind of creates this magnetic pool. Uh, that pulls various ions and light particles and things like that through space at very rapid speeds. And mm-hmm. there's a lot of question as whether or not uh, people could utilize these wormholes to move faster from point A to point B. Now, these wormholes aren't, you know, based on the science fiction based part of all of this. Mm-hmm. You know, it, they're not like super long and won't take you from one end of the galaxy to the other end, but it'll take you through a very short distance at a very fast rate assuming that we can actually find uh these particular portals because the problem is even though these portals tend to show up and by the way these portals are actually called x points uh and this is something that's been around for years that scientists have known about but you can't really find them by just simply pulling out you know your your scientific instruments pointing them at the sky and being like oh boom there it is using satellites they show up randomly. So you would have to basically get hopeful uh, if you were to launch some sort of spacecraft into it, that it would just pop up when you need it to. Uh, and no one has really been able to figure out whether or not there's a way to find these X points specifically. That's interesting. Like it kind of reminds me of the episode we did about the Bermuda Triangle and the Dragon Triangle, and that the there is a theory that those two are connected in some way. Mm-hmm. Right, right. And so, and in this case, so basically an X point is the sudden joining of of magnetic fields that can propel jets of charged particles from the X point, creating an an electron diffusion region. And so in this case, it's like taking um, something like a, the solar magnetic solar flares and the earth's magnetic field, and they somehow meet in the middle and create this quick little jolt of energy that just spread super fast and cause these particles to move. Um, and again, like it's very possible that this can get us from one part of our current galaxy to another at a relatively quick speed, but still what, you know, exactly what the science is behind that, what type of gear you would need in order to achieve that. Cause nobody really knows how fast these particles are moving. Right. Well, something that I've kind of believed for a while is in order to travel long distances, we would have to come up with some type of or or not come up with, but utilize some type of wormhole or black hole or the theory that I've heard in science fiction. There have been a couple of scientists that kind of mentioned it, too, is basically folding space time. Mm-hmm. to get to the destination because uh two reasons i believe that is first and foremost if you wanted to go to a place that we're seeing with our naked eye now mm-hmm. um we would in a sense have to do some type of time travel to see what it is we're seeing now because as science has talked about the stars that we see are 
not necessarily there now. They may have burned out hundreds of years ago, thousands of years ago. We're just now seeing the light from them. Right. And that's, and you know, that's like such a hard thing to fathom for myself, you know, because it's like <laughs> to look at a star and be like, man, that might not even be there anymore. Right. And whether or not that's accurate is, you know, obviously beyond me. Um, and I still don't fully understand that. And I've done research on this, so much research on this. And I still just can't fathom like how we here on earth with the tools that we have are capable of understanding just how many light years a particular star is from earth or from our site so how do we know that it's actually truly burned out unless we can see that star like if are we looking at the star from here and then our satellite somewhere else punching way in like oh it's not there in this image which means it must be burned right. out there and what we're seeing here is the light uh but as far as i know that's not something that has happened so i think it's still all very much speculative um it's all just theory right but nonetheless you know science space science in particular is one of those things that continues to grow on a daily basis. Um, you know, we, we even have a number of different entities throughout, uh, the world that are trying to create some sort of space travel just for the fun of it. You know, uh, Virgin airlines, for example, is looking to do atmospheric, uh, plane rides, or you can travel around the world for some odd hundreds of thousands of dollars, uh, get up in the atmosphere, zip around and then land again. Mm. Uh, and of course there's SpaceX who's looking to actually create like this ability for us to move from planet A to planet B. And you know, that's something that's been in the talks for a long time, even before uh, it was even possible to create rockets that could possibly do that. It was all theoretical and science fiction based. Uh, but now here we are, you know, like growing up, none of this that we have currently in terms of our, our space technology was available or even, you know, possible. Like to you and I growing up, it's like, man, this is all just Star Trek and Star mm -hmm. Wars and stuff like that. And now here we are living in 2023. And it's like, whoa, I can't believe we had this and we had that, you know, and it's kind of a crazy time. And it's only a matter of years before we have something that's a step above what we currently have now. Right. Yeah. Well, and I've kind of believed this for a while. Um, it would it would take something. Or, or someone coming up with a good enough material to experiment with traveling through black holes, because the theory now is, is you wouldn't survive a black hole, but right. like you're saying, that's kind of all speculative in theory. Like, do we really know that that's what's going to happen is we're just going to be stretched into a million particles and uh, you know, will be dead or there was an the article from National Geographic where somebody had mentioned that worm or I'm sorry black holes could be doorways to alternate realities. Right. And yeah, you know that's a, that's a, a big debate I think because you know we know that for every black hole there seems to be another side of it known as the white hole. This is where you know the black hole is where the stars get absorbed or sucked in and it's just mm -hmm. these particles that stretch and then they explode out the other side into almost a new star system in a way it's kind of what it looks like it's like it's creating a new galaxy um and if you look through like nasa or anything space related and look at like black holes you'll actually find that there are some galaxies that almost look like they're merging uh kind of like a figure eight because these 
star systems are being pulled into a black hole and then separated and pushed out the other side. So they kind of look like two galaxies that are colliding. Um, now, one thing that I do want to say is for a long time, we didn't believe that we can send a submersible down to the Mariana Trench. Now, aside from obvious news things that happened over the last <laughs> month or so, that was just somebody who didn't know what they were doing and was risking people's lives and there was a horrible accident because of it. But when you look at James Cameron, for example, the director, who is huge in uh, ocean exploration, he was the very first person ever to dive down into the trench. And that was thousands of feet lower than what the Titanic is currently sitting at. And he survived because they were able to create a submersible that could basically withstand the tremendous amounts of pressure uh, that existed at the, or that currently exists at the bottom of the ocean. So I would assume that if indeed we can figure out what the G forces would be like up in the black hole, there's probably some sort of material or some sort of way that someone can indeed, you know, create it and help it withstand that kind of pressure uh, with lack of a better term, we'll call it pressure because pressure doesn't really exist in space. Mm. Uh, you know, there, there's, I think 1% of pressure on the hull of a spaceship uh, compared to the ocean where there's thousands and thousands and thousands of pounds of pressure on, on, on a, uh, a submersible. So very different elements, very different types of technologies that would have to be used. Uh, but nonetheless, like if you were going to put a spacecraft up there, it had to be pretty light, uh, but still super durable. And we'd have to figure out exactly what the G-force is. Now, the problem is when you look at G-forces and you consider just how much G-force uh, a person can withstand, it's really not that much all considering. So one of the things that came up um, comes up over and over again is that space travel and even interdimensional travel would probably probably be best suited or easiest to do if we can reach a maximum speed of light speed or whatever light speed is but that we would never actually obtain light speed 100% but we could probably do around 99.9% .9 of light speed should we create the technology to do so have enough fuel to burn it stuff like that but the thing is it would take years to reach light speed, even if we had the technology, because right. if you were to go from 0 0.0 or from like zero miles an hour, basically to light speed within just one second, you would create an experience of G forces, approximately 3000, uh, I'm sorry, 3 million, 600,000 G's, which is around 3 million times more than enough to kill a person. So you would basically have to create one G I think per year or so, uh, in order to slowly build up to light speed so that your body has enough time to get accustomed to 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 that type of g-force which again you would have to find a way to really sustain life for a long amount of time in order to finally make it um and of course i'm sure that would be tests that would be there would be like a, some sort of test subject rocket that would they would put up there and generations of people would watch it until it either got destroyed or hit that 99.9 percent .9%. right well, it, yeah, that's a lot of people argue that um, Einstein <clears throat> basically said you, you, we would never reach a light speed because then the mass would become infinite and therefore mm -hmm. no longer exist. So but 
a lot of people misinterpret or misunderstand Einstein's theories so much because I've heard other people kind of explain it and they're like, yeah, no, that's not what Einstein was saying. He was just saying we can't, you know, go beyond our means. But um, yeah, it, it would be one of those things where you would have to um, even find a way to shield yourself from that force if that were even possible too. Right. Yeah. You know, and it's, I mean, obviously there's been a lot of discussion as to how it can happen. And one is putting like this huge sail on a craft that would use solar wind and energy to help push it through space. And it would, that along with the engines would slowly build speed over time so that it doesn't just disintegrate. But again, that would take years and years and years and years and years to finally achieve even that 99.9%. So the people who put it out there probably would never see the day that it actually achieves light speed. And chances are we don't have the technology that would even be able to relay that information back to us at some point in the future. Yeah, for sure. Um, Because we're just now getting pings back from radio signals we sent back in the 70s and the 80s. So, right. But um, something that is interesting about all of this is the idea of time travel, even through this particular method of space travel. And I, I think that was one of my favorite things about that movie, Interstellar, was that he not only went through a dimensional portal, he went and was able to change time mm-hmm. on top of it. Um, and, you know, there's those theories out there, too, for for time travel of, you know, we shouldn't mess with time. Um, there are those theories that believe that people from the future have already started messing with it. And that's why certain things have happened, like the Mandela effect. Mm-hmm. Um, but if could you imagine what would happen if we ever got to that point to see that technology? It would be insane. I mean, it'd be cool. It could be like uh, Rick and Morty. You and I would be Rick and Morty going around, like just zoop, 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 going through time and space and checking all this cool stuff. We'd be, we'd make a mess of everything. I already know that. We would be the worst, but it would be fun. Well, um, even if we didn't mean to, we would like step on an ant trying to see if Jesus was real. And then all of a sudden <laughs> we've put uh, the apocalypse into effect. Yeah. Just completely break humanity. Like, oh, shoot. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, and it's it's crazy because, you know, obviously there's this whole hypothesis with UFOs, right? Uh, and mm-hmm. this is something that's relatively new in theory. We've talked about it over the years plenty of times. But it's the idea that UFOs uh, or unidentified flying objects or unidentified flying phenomena, if you want to go with the uh, – is that right? Unidentified, UAP, unidentified UAP. aerial phenomenon. Aerial phenomenon. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So if you want to go that route, the new classification, because the government needs to do it themselves <laughs> right. and give you the truth, slap them <laughs> off. Um, but, you know, there's this theory that these UFOs, that's what we're going to stick with because PTR and we like old school. Yeah. Um, UFOs may not actually be extraterrestrial in origin or alien technology, but it might be little... Uh, 
spots in space and time through various dimensions, like little little wormholes, for example, that pop up and look like, you know, triangles or these spacecraft. But in real reality, it's something from another dimension kind of coming through or just opening up and getting little glimpses into these other timelines, possibly. Mm-hmm. Um, and in theory, that would make kind of sense because there's this idea that time is linear, right? And that Earth, that as we know, lives on one plane. And then there's an infinite amount of Earths throughout various other planes and they all overlap each other. And so these little moments where we see like glitches, quote unquote, or little weird things happening, ghosts, this and that might not be from the dead among us, or they may not be uh, some weird, like matrix type thing, but is in fact, just these other dimensions that are overlapping with ours for one reason or another. Um, and we're just seeing it as these ghostly apparitions or these matrix things or whatever, um, which I think is just really interesting. And of course, this whole idea of um, y- UFOs being possible portals or whatever goes back to like 1947, which is the Roswell incident. You know, this is when it all really just took hold and people started coming up with all these folkloric stories about extraterrestrials and of course extraterrestrials you know and ufos they date way back to ancient times we see hieroglyphs in ancient egypt and samaria and stuff like that so what exactly they are i don't know but it's possible that these are just entities or beings from another dimension that are coming through these portals and they already have the technology somehow right or as you mentioned um another time even Mm-hmm. It it would be one of those things that, <clears throat> like I said, people are speculating now that people from the future are already messing with time travel. So who's to say that these vessels, we'll call them vessels, um, aren't people just coming back to check on if humanity has gotten to the point that their future is that right that's certainly a possibility um and there's i think there's so many theories on these spacemen and what they could be they could be future versions of humanity they could be completely different race of creatures um you know one theory that i personally like and have you stuck with for a long time uh and not to say it's right or wrong but the idea of the nephilim from ancient biblical times you know because we know uh in genesis 6 that the nephilim existed god sends the flood after the to destroy the earth by the way after the flood the nephilim still existed and it's like how how did that happen how do they exist if god sent the flood to destroy everything and i think there's this possibility that the nephilim which are basically um demigods were able to create this technology that they were able to zip off of earth into space then come back after the floods as quote unquote gods, you know, basically their versions and deceive people into believing that they were actual gods. And that's why we see a lot of the saving technology and stuff written in hieroglyphs throughout the ancient world. Um, you know, how the pyramids are possibly built, why there's so many uh stories on um uh shoot, what's what's the the big city, Atlantis? Oh, yeah. you know. Uh, and their technology, you know, what's supposed to be the city of technology, the greatest technology of all time that just vanished. 
Uh, so I think there's a lot of possibility there. Um, but again, I think it's just all very much just speculation and theory because we still have not been able to scientifically prove or disprove the existence of extraterrestrial life, portals that move into other dimensions or transport us to other dimensions, and then just time travel in general. Right. Well, and <clears throat> that that's one of those things that until science starts catching up with all the the non-scientific theories out there we we won't have even close to an answer right but all right we've got some time yet but we're going to take a quick break and uh yeah we'll be right back with paratruth radio hi i'm emma and i'm joe and And we're we're the the professional Professional book Book Nerds. nerds two mondays a month we interview authors and talk about their upcoming books what drives them, and their go-to order at the cafe. On Thursdays, we share recommendations and dive into topics readers face, like how do I actually read the books on my to-be-read list? You can find the Professional Book Nerds podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Want to learn more about us? Our website is professionalbooknerds.com, and you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at ProBookNerds. We hope you'll come and listen, and as always... Happy reading. Welcome back to Paratruth Radio. My name is Eric. And I'm Justin. And we are talking about interdimensional space travel and apparently UFOs and time travel in general, stuff like that. Um, So when it comes to interdimensional travel, one thing throughout spiritualism is the idea of the famous fourth dimension. But recently, we had actually had a discussion uh, with somebody who brought up the fifth dimension. And the fifth dimension is something that you and I have discussed very briefly over time. Mm -hmm. Uh, Obviously, the third dimension is what we know here on Earth is what we see. Uh, The fourth dimension being possibly the heavens, the spiritual realms. But then there's this fifth dimension. And what exactly that fifth dimension is there's a lot of theory on that. There's a lot of different people who have different opinions on what a fifth dimension even looks like. Is it a space outside of time and space? Is it a higher heaven than heaven? Is it something else entirely? Don't really know. But what's interesting is that the fourth dimension primarily only exists within spiritualism. And the fifth dimension, therefore, does as well. And yet science is just now starting to realize that there may possibly be a fourth dimension beyond our understanding, beyond our science. Uh, Right now, we're just trying to move from point A to point B in space. But there is belief that there's something beyond that. Uh, And hence, you know, talking about wormholes and moving fast enough to move in a whole different space entirely, a whole different dimension, uh, though science fiction is often brought up in forums on science and space travel. Right. Well, there's a lot of people that speculate that the fourth dimension is actually just time. So we will never see the fourth dimension because we're experiencing it, but not realizing that it's it's something higher than what we're actually seeing at the moment. Um, And yeah, I mean, I've heard people go all the way up to the 10th dimension, but nobody really can say what that is. Is it astral projection, astral travel type stuff? 
is it a um is it something that we can measure where like people have you know you brought it up people have been talking about the fifth dimension as of late and the earth moving into the fifth dimension actually splitting off between two separate earths one being in the third dimension and one being in the fifth dimension and it's it's one of those things like okay so that does that mean we won't have a physical body now you know what does that mean what does moving into the fifth dimension mean and still i mean nobody can really say you know there are those that will say oh we'll we'll be in our bodies for a while but we'll evolve into beings of light right okay does that mean we're dead no no it doesn't mean we're dead you know and i'm like do we even know what we're talking about right now right yeah it's it's something you know it, it's you know, I mean, obviously, there's this idea that humans have a soul, and that's what makes us different from very from other entities created. Now, I'm not a strong believer in this by any means. I believe that all creatures and all beings have a spirit because God created them, and so there's some sort of soul to everything. Um, the simple fact that the trees and the oceans praise God's name in the scriptures that tells me there's some sort of life force there. Now, with that said. I was at church last week and the pastor there put up three different things, three different entities on, on the, uh, on the board basically, you know, the, whatever they call it. Um, I can't think of what it's called, but basically the board. And so you had animals, you had humans and you had angels. And he said, here are animals. They're creatures that are of body only, no soul. Then you have angels that are soul only or spirit only. Then you have humans that are both body and spirit, the combination of the two. And therefore, humans are the only ones that can exist in both worlds, basically. You live here on earth in body, and when you die, the spirit goes on into heaven, and you kind of get like this. You're, you're basically a hybrid, in a sense. Um, now, again, I don't fully believe that. I I don't know. I just I can't believe that animals don't have a soul because, you know, mm. we talk about souls. We talk about spirits, things like that. There's a difference between them. Um but nonetheless, when we hear about people who pass away and move on into the fourth or fifth dimension, that comes stems way back from early religious teachings. And that's not just, you know, Holy Bible, Christian talk. I mean, we're talking Buddhism, uh, Muslim practices, you know, all that. Like it's it exists within the majority of 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 of, of uh, religions. Um and so science is starting to see some similarities between the early religious teachings and what they're starting to pick up on in science as well and realizing maybe there is more, but we just don't have the scientific evidence to make it a fact or say, yes, this exists. Right. I, I think now that you brought up Buddhism, uh, Buddhism is one of those religions that kind of uh, explains multi-dimensional theory because uh if you believe in buddhism um at least ancient buddhism i'm not really sure about today but ancient buddhism they believed in the wheel of life and when you died from this particular existence you would be um you would go on to the next which was the uh realm of animals or the realm of the giants or whatever i can't remember all of the the realms but 
basically you were you were traveling through dimensions right traveling through dimensions moving higher and higher up the chain until you reach nirvana right um which is you know it's crazy you know it, i mean it's not crazy and like oh that's crazy ridiculous talk but it's it's crazy and like mind blowing because yeah even in modern spiritualism and religion we see that you know you want to grow in spirit um when you when you think of wiccan practices or you think of of christians or you know whatever religion the idea isn't to just continue being human it's the idea of uh building and growing your inner self becoming a higher version of yourself day in and day out to achieve that level of I mean, don't want to use the word godliness here, but that's our approach, right? That's what you want to try to get to is be on the same level as God. And that's impossible. But nonetheless, it's like trying to become holy. So be righteous, do good, things like that. Because only then will you really achieve true peace. Um, But, you know, when it comes to a lot of that religious basis, it comes from the spiritual realm. It's all spiritually based, you know, it's spiritual. Whereas science is trying to show or are starting to see that maybe there's signs of a physical realm in these areas as mm-hmm. well, that there's something beyond just the spiritual, but that we might even be able to reach it through time travel or interdimensional travel uh, and get to these places. But again, we don't have the technology. It's all just speculation and theory. And, you know, until the day that, you know, either God comes back and says, here's the truth, or we actually achieve that technology and move to a new dimension, we're going to continue to be in this kind of like constant rotation of what if or what is. Well, I guess, let me ask you this. Do you ever, do you think we will ever achieve something like that? Because I mean, every, everybody we talked to over the years, um, moving through dimensions or um, alternate realities, if you will, has been going through astral projection or meditation or uh, like the meditation, you would only get glimpse where astral projection, you actually travel to these areas. Um, I, I st- I'm starting to really question if we're even meant to go physically through interdimensional travel or interdimensional space travel to get to other planets. Right. Well, here, and here's the thing. Humanity has been trying to reach the heavens for as long as humanity has existed. One of the most famous uh, pieces of scripture within the Holy Bible is the tower of Babel. Mm -hmm. Almost everybody knows what that is. And it is a time in which humanity tried to create a tower to the heavens and God didn't like that. And he dispersed humans throughout the earth and gave them different languages so that they couldn't understand each other. That's how we basically in scripture uh, there it's, it's the Bible's explanation of the various languages that we have throughout the world and the different types of people that exist throughout the world. But regardless, we've seen over the years since then that we continue to try to move up and up and up. And here we are in today's day, we got SpaceX, one of the biggest corporations in space exploration to exist at the time they're trying to send the rockets up higher, further, and longer than anyone. And all it is is trying to reach the heavens. And what those heavens are, you know, in, in science, it's it's space. It's beyond our galaxy. There's thousands, millions of galaxies out there. And what else exists beyond those? Um, but I'm sure there's plenty there who are, you know, who are involved, who are thinking, well, what about 
God, like, can we, can we go beyond space? Can we go beyond time if we reach far enough? Like how far does it go? Is space infinite or is there a border? Because clearly there's a border between earth and space, right? That's our atmosphere. So where does space end and where does it begin? That's a really good question. Um, but again, I think it's one of those things we may never actually be able to do. Like space is, I think is, I don't know that it's infinite, but it's well beyond the abilities of us. And I could be wrong, but if we were to achieve the, the uh, opportunity to travel light years, I think it's going to be hundreds, if not thousands of years down the road uh, when technology is way beyond anything that you and I would even recognize today. Right. Well, I mean, and <laughs> that's a good point too, because we we probably won't even get to the point that we can reach all the arms of the Milky Way galaxy, let alone mm-hmm. beyond that. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, space travel is extremely time consuming. It's test after test after test. And many of those tests are failures, you know. Uh, so it's going to take a very long time. And the with the technology we currently have, we're only able to go so far. Uh, and that's in regards to fuel and, you know, the life expectancy of the product on board or the technology on board, uh, because not everything lasts. Like just there's nothing that's eternal, right? Nothing that can live eternally. Even current technology, computers, stuff like that, they all crash. They die. Eventually, everything dies. It's sad. I know. Um, but it, it's something that we have to get beyond. You have to be able to find a technology that can out exist. Um, humanity you know mm-hmm. human life well i mean we're getting into creating ai now so yeah, yeah at some point it. we might we might have that but um or it, i mean there's talk now that the government's going to be announcing um the truth about extraterrestrials and ufos at this point too in the next right. week um, yeah. So it, if we ever get to that point where we are living with extraterrestrials and we get that technology from them, who's to say? But right now, uh, you know, all speculation at this point. Yeah, I think, you know, if there's ever a day in which uh, government comes forward and the military or whatever and proves that, yes, indeed, we are living amongst extraterrestrial life forms or have been working with them i think the world's going to just implode like i think everyone's going to lose their (laughs) mind it's going to go into riots and chaos it's going to be a riot because and that's just not just out of fear alone but i think like we have all the different religious sectors that are just going to be like what you know and like lose it because like it's not scripturally based it's not this it's not that um you know at least in that form obviously scripture talks about entities coming down from the skies and they're referred to as angels uh you know or god but it's described like in the book of ezekiel or you know ezekiel describes it as like uh basically a spacecraft like a saucer that's made of metal and has these wheels and has mm. you know these these entities carrying it on a chariot through the sky it's like it sounds like a ufo um <laughs> But again, you know, that that's a description that we can't understand. It's the best way he was able to describe it. And because we didn't see it, we can only um we, we can really only theorize on what it was he actually saw. Right. Yeah. 
For sure. Uh, anything else that we haven't covered yet? Um, just clicking through my notes here real quick. No, I don't think so. I think we kind of went through everything here. All right, folks. One more episode to go. And we've got some very good stuff planned for you guys. So stay tuned. Um, we're going to be keeping it as as entertaining as possible for the next episode. And uh, yeah, it's a bittersweet moment, but uh, we'll address that next episode. So until mm-hmm. next week, where you will find us same time, same channel. My name is Justin. And I'm Eric. Peace. Me too. Yep, me too. But you know, these days, being a grown-up can really suck. Luckily, we're grown-ups who grew up in the coolest generation. We had video arcades. And also some of the best TV and movies ever made. We lived the origin of awesome consumer electronics. The list goes on and on. Yep, Generation X. Exactly. And we're Gen X Grown-Up. Every week, the Gen X Grown-Up podcast explores media, tech, toys, games, and more from both yesterday and today. Through the eyes of Generation Xers who absolutely love that stuff. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on our website, genxgrownup.com. Alright, you think that was good enough? I I hope so, man. I'm tired. (laughs) Who listens to a promo on a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast? Right. I've never done it. (laughs) Right.